Merry Christmas time. Happy Holidays. holiday season it sure is except hanukkah passed like hanukkah several weeks pass. ago I, if you celebrate, shalom yeah <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth so in I honor was jewish <laughs> in honor of it being the holiday season we figured why not do a holiday episode to end off the year yeah because we're not going to be back until 2019 yeah. Which is, there's like only one more week left of December anyway, so it's, it's NBD, no big deal. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take a little break just because it's really hard to record over the phone. And I'm going to my mom's for the first week of our winter break. So we will be back once he comes back. We'll meet again. <laughs> Don't know where. Don't know when, but I know we'll meet again some sunny day. That was beautiful. Thank you. You should release an album. I know. It's it's going to be my Christmas. Speaking of Christmas albums, I saw Into the Spider-Verse. And you want to know what was in there? Um, Spider-Man Christmas album. And you want to know what they had Chris Pine do? They had Chris Pine sing as Spider-Man for a Christmas song in the credits. It was, first of all, the movie's gorgeous. The animation's beautiful. Miles Morales is my son. And also Peter Parker, Peter B. Parker is really hot. He's so hot. But like. <laughs> you better not spoil anything for me. I'm not. I, <laughs> I'm not that. I'm, I'm a. I'm a douchebag, but I'm not a scumbag. So I, I don't I won't spoil it. Yeah. I won't spoil anything for you. Um be careful though, there's a lot of flashing lights in it because it kinda goes with the style and yeah. all of the action that's going on on screen. Um and it a hundred percent convinced me that every superhero movie from now on should be animated. Sony Animation has redeemed themselves so good. Like, they made the Emoji Movie last year, and this year they fucking made a masterpiece. We forget the Emoji Movie existed in this household. (laughs) (laughs) We pretend it wasn't a thing. Unfortunately, it was, though. And it was, yeah. I know I have to watch it with elementary schoolers. Rip. Okay. (coughs) So. That was my rambling. Back on topic. We're doing a, I guess, mine is Christmas themed. I don't know if yours is also mostly Christmas themed. Both of my stories are Christmas themed. I just, I decided to go big or go home and I got two different folklores for today. I got one, however, there's, she goes by many names, let's say that. There's a lot of different versions. I can go into the couple of different versions of this. So, like, because I have two stories, do you want me to go first and then you can go? Yeah. Okay. Because last episode I started off, but we're just going to forego that. Hey, you should start with... Krampus? Or no. the Yule Lad? The Yule Lad. You want me to start off the Yule Lad? Yeah, because actually, Krampus um, kind of ties into my story. Oh. So we get into like a nice little oh. transition. Oh, I see. Okay. You see me? I see you. Oh. So, Arya spoiled my stories. 
but I'm going to be doing the uh, U of Lads and Krampus. And for those who are the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina fans, if you recently saw the Christmas episode, if you haven't, <laughs> I'm not going to spoil, but the U Lads are featured and so are their mother. It's not the same as the folklore that I'm going to be going over today. They twist it a little bit so it's more, you know, to their universe's liking. But, yeah. I'm so excited to watch that. I've been binge-watching Sabrina. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I don't want to wait till April until the second season comes out. Also, everyone's like, Harvey or Nick, and I'm like over here, like Prudence, Harvey, and Sabrina in a threesome relationship together. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Fuck. I don't trust Nick. His I don't last, either. His last name is Scratch, and you know what old Scratch it was? Old Scratch used to be the nickname for the devil. So get that pretty boy out of my house. <laughs> Not today, Satan. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. I love Max. Okay, so let's get into the Yule Lads. So there are 13 Yule Lads. Uh, the Yule Lads appear in old stories and folk tales, and historically, the Yule Lads and other Christmas spirits were far meaner and more evil. But in the beginning of the 18th century, and then especially during the 19th century, they became more gentle because that's when Santa Claus was introduced. So everything kind of began to mold to him. Um, <laughs> I love how they were like, let's be dark and edgy. And then Santa comes along and they're like, oh, shoot. We got to change our image, man. <laughs> it's funny because actually the Yule Lads were so scary I almost said Gary for some reason. They're so Gary. <laughs> They're so Gary. But um, they were so scary that an 18th century royal decree about religious practice and domestic discipline um, basically banned parents from disciplining their children by scaring them with horror stories of monsters like the Yule Lads. So. Yay. <laughs> this, okay. So Yule Lads are Icelandic folklore um and krampus is austrian folklore and i'm just mentioning krampus right now because i noticed when i was looking things up that people in europe especially that side of europe mm -hmm. they like to scare the shit out of their children oh yeah like i was watching um oh what's his name it's a really famous german actor comedian dude i don't know people's names it starts with an f Anyway, he was talking about, like, how Christmas is a fear-based holiday and, like, yeah. how it's, like, they got, like, a little scary monster crew to yeah. like, scare your children into behaving. It's it's so funny because, like, like, we're so Americanized that to us Christmas is like, oh, it's just good old Saint Nick coming down the chimney, which is horrifying as a concept to me. When I was younger, I found Santa Claus extremely terrifying and i was like it's kind of weird that this big old fat man sneaking into our house and leaving us presents oh i would have nightmares every christmas eve like my parents had to tell me they were like yeah listen it's not real and I was like <laughs> thank god finally freedom peace but you know they fucking iceland and austria and germany and all those like Salvic countries, mm -hmm. they did not hold back. So the Yule Lads um, are mischievous creatures. And when they changed them up to be friendlier, they maintained their old habits of mischief and petty theft, but their appearance is mainly what changed. So old stories describe the monsters with little resemblance to humans, but by the 19th century, they had assumed a more human form. And when wealthy merchants began hosting public Christmas tree balls at the end of the 19th century, the Yule Lads had become friendly old men who brought treats. So the kinder Yule Lads first appeared in towns and villages, and while their evil characteristics tended to survive longer in the countryside. However, their transformation had been completed by the 1930s when the Yule Lads began making regular visits to schools and made appearances in the radio to tell children uh, stories and sing Christmas songs. So originally there were 82 evil spirits and it's both lads and trolls. 
And in the 1860s, the stories of the lads were being collected. Um, their numbers, names, and characteristics were being standardized. At the same time, their numbers shrank to 13, co corresponding to the 13 days of Christmas. Um, today, the Yule lads dress in traditional Icelandic peasant wear. But for most of the 20th century, all the lads wore red, like the American Santa mm -hmm. Claus. And the reintroduction of traditional dress was made by the Icelandic National Museum in the 1980s. In 1988, the museum began inviting children from, I can't pronounce this as Icelandic, Reykjavik. It's R-E-Y-K-J-A-V-I with a little um, accent K. Reykjavik? I don't know. Reykjavik? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Uh, so they invited them, like, children from that area. Baby. Baby <laughs> dog. He's staring at us. Um, so that they, like, schools and preschools to the museum in December mm -hmm. to learn about history and to meet Yule lads. And, of course, the museum lads wore traditional clothing rather than, like, our Santa Claus's yeah. costumes. So... The Yule Lads are examples of the dark spirits of nature which take over during winter as people retreat indoors. They outlie, like they tend to be in the mountains and in um, heath cabins. And these cabins are typically used in the summer, abandoned in the fall, and the darkness of winter tends to descend um, during that time so people would retreat close to the core of the farm. Mm -hmm. One by one, the lads would then come down from the mountain until the entire crowd of trolls have descended upon the farms and towns on Christmas Eve. Nature and its uncontrollable spirits have reclaimed the land at this point. Then, one by one, they retreat back into the mountains just as darkness retreats and the days get longer. Mm -hmm. The characteristics of the Yule lads um, are in their names, and there's actual poems that go along with each Yule lad, and I'm going to read them a little bit are later. Are they like, like the seven dwarves? Kinda. It's a, a weird seven dwarf, but yeah. I'll, I'll, re I'll read you the poems. Okay, I'll read. ready. So, let's go into the Yule Lad's mom. So the Yule Lad's mother is an, is an ogress named Gryla. Gryla is one of the oldest mythical characters in Icelandic folklore. She is. There's actually a picture of her. I, yeah. Ooh. Isn't she beautiful? She looks lovely. She's lovely. I love her necklace made out of teeth. I want one. <laughs> so she's mentioned in the 13th century manuscript, which is really fucking old. You can also find Gryla's like stories or like hints of her in the Faroe Islands, and it seems that they're she's closely related to like ogres in Ireland. Um, she's also closely related to the fear of hunger. She's always hungry and she threatens to snatch away children, usually the naughty ones. So as... <laughs> Occasionally a nice one will slip in if everyone's good, I mean. Yeah, if everyone's good, she won't eat you. But maybe she'll get a little bit, a little nibble of that sweet, tender flesh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know why I said that. I regret so many things in my life, and that is one of them. So as the Yule Lads became Chancellor, Gryla remained evil. And keeping the old tradition of evil, she like kept the tradition of evil Christmas spirits alive. And in old stories, she has many heads and eyes in the back of her head. She's bearded, she has veins, a tail, and holes, so she's a literal monster. Gryla is accompanied by two other evil creatures. The lesser known is her husband, the troll Lepalui. Le I don't know what that character. Yeah, I, I don't know what that character is. I'm not going to. Attempt. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I'm sorry if anyone who's Icelandic is listening to this. I'm so sorry. So Gryla is a domineering woman, and she's often shown beating and berating her husband. Ooh. According to the legend, her husband is a third, like the third of her husband, like Gryla's husband. She and she killed and ate her first husband, Guster, and her second husband, Boli, who she also murdered after the two of them had a large number of troll children. The Yule lads are the children of her third husband and Gryla. In some stories, um, both Gryla and her husband perished from hunger, and because there are no naughty because like there are no naughty children for them mm -hmm. to eat anymore, and then there's a 
evil cat. Yes! I yeah. know about the evil cat. Yeah. So her other companion is much better known. His name is Jola Katorian. I'm going to look that up. Oh, <laughs> why is my computer so <laughs> slow today? No, I just want—I just want to hear the name. I don't want to hear a whole story. No, Bonds, I was freaking out earlier, but I could. How to pronounce? No, that's Yuletide. That is not correct. <laughs> oh my God! Why is it so hard to find the pronunciation of this word? I'm sorry. Yola Kotorin. Yola Yola Kotorin, I guess. Yola Kotorin. Yola Kotorin. So the cat, Yola Kotorin, or the Christmas cat. We're probably saying it all wrong. <laughs> probably. The internet lies. So the origins of the Christmas cat are more mysterious than those of Gryla or the Yolat, all whom are clearly traditional trolls or mythical spirits living in the mountains and uninhibited areas. The earliest written records of the Christmas cat date back to the 19th century, but it seems to be closely related to Scandinavian beliefs in the Christmas goat. According to the story, the Christmas cat will snatch and eat children, so like Ryla, mm -hmm. who don't get new clothing for Christmas. This belief is probably connected to the tradition of everyone getting new pieces of clothing for the holidays and the customs of farmers giving their farmhands new clothes each year. The Christmas cat might also be connected to the pressure to finish all weaving and knitting by, before the holidays. So I guess it's really there to make sure that you get your gifts in. But I think it's like if you're wearing and like it's like, you know, a lot of people have the tradition of wearing new pajamas on Christmas mm -hmm. Eve. I have that tradition, actually. In my house, we always get new pajamas. I don't. My family's tradition is like eating grapes and things uh, like that. Do we get new pajamas and then we also get a new ornament? Yeah, no. <laughs> we <laughs> yeah, don't know. We don't get new things other than like the gifts that we get for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I guess I can, I guess it's like you're supposed to bring in the Yule tidings with new clothes. Otherwise the cat will eat you. But at the same time, it's like he can eat me. I'm okay with the cat. See, I just imagine like some like mother trying to give like their kid like a nice new pair of socks or something and they're like eh no I don't want it and then they're like well well if you don't take those socks then a cat's gonna eat ya that's probably where it came from <laughs> like, though what? because like, like we know over to all of our friends like guys I have a new thing yeah this is how I got little Johnny to wear his socks all of these folklorian like things are really just there to like make people, especially young children, do things. And like, just I'm just <laughs> saying, if someone wanted to give me new socks or underwear for Christmas, I won't protest. I'm almost 18. I I'm, need that crap. I'm going to college soon. Please send me clothes. Okay. Back to Yolads. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, there are 18 different Yolads, but now, uh, eight, 82 different Yolads, but now there are only 13, and it's. I have, a, I have to burp. Okay. Now I'm good. That was the cutest little burp. Thanks. I've never heard that before about my burps, but excuse me. <laughs> so, the reason why it's. Uh, one of the main reasons why there's only 13 now is because of the poems and because the person only made like 13 poems. So, let's get into the poem. Yay! So, the first, and this is an order of when the Yule Lads arrive on each day okay. of Christmas. So, there's Sheep Coat Claude. The first of them was Sheep Coat Claude. He came stiff as wood to prey upon the farmer's sheep as far as he could. He wished to suck the ewes, but it was no accident he couldn't. He had stiff knees, not too convenient. So, stiff... He ate sheep? 
Yeah, he harasses sheep, but Sheep Coat Claude also has two peg legs. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't laugh at him. He's the same. I'm just imagining him. Like, He's gonna eat your sheep now. <laughs> I don't have any. Well, you don't know that. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I don't know that I don't have any sheep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, it's my brain. I'm just imagining him like, you know how in the cartoons, if people have two peg legs, like they make them waddle like penguins. Oh my god! I'm just imagining him waddling and scaring sheep, just like ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's me coming. That's me heading towards the shredded cheese in my kitchen at like 2 a.m. Just waddling like ah, I'm gonna eat you. more poems to get through oh, we can't yes. keep it together okay. okay go through all of them and then i'll come and say <laughs> okay the second is gully guac the second was gully guac gray his head and mane he snuck into the cow barn from his craggy ravine hiding in the stalls he would steal the milk while the milkmaid gave the cowherd a meaningful smile and then there's Stubby. Stubby was the third called, a stunted little man who watched for every chance to whisk off a pan. And scurrying away with it, he scraped off the bits that stuck to the bottom and brims, his favorites. And then there's Spoon Licker. The fourth was Spoon Licker. Like Spindle, he was thin. He felt himself in clover when the cook wasn't in. Then stepping up, he grappled the stirring spoon with glee, holding it with both hands, for it was slippery. <laughs> Pot Scraper. Pot Scraper, the fifth one, was a funny sort of chap. When the kids were given scrappings, he'd come to the door and tap, and they would rush to see if there really was a guest. Then he hurried to the pot and had a scrap scraping fest. He's a copier of the pan scraper, um, just want to say. Yeah. <laughs> Bow Licker. Bow Licker, the sixth one, was shockingly ill-bred. From underneath the bedsteads, he stuck his ugly head. And when the bowls were left to be licked by dog or cat, he snatched them for himself. He was sure good at that. Sure good at that. The seventh was Door Slammer, a sorry, vulgar chap. When people in the, I pointed at myself. When people in the twilight would take a little nap, he was happy as a lark with the havoc he could wrap, slamming doors and hearing the hinges on them squeak. I didn't rhyme. Scry Gobbler the eighth was an awful stupid bloke. He lambasted the squire tub till the lid on it broke. Then he stood there gobbling. His greed was well known. Until about to burst, he would bleat, howl, and groan. <laughs> the ninth was Sausage Swiper. Sausage Swiper. A sausage. Stop me being fun of my lisp. <laughs> the ninth was Sausage. Fuck me! The ninth was Sausage Swiper. A shifty. <laughs> I can't see it. No, swiping, Swiper. He climbed up to the rafters and raided food from there. Sitting on the crossbane in suit and in smoke, he felt himself on sausage, fit for gentlefolk. The tenth was Window Peeper, a weird little twit, who stepped up to the window and stole a peek through it. Whatever was inside, to which his eye was drawn, he most likely attempted to take later on. Eleventh, Children. Eleventh was Door Sniffer, adulterous lad and gross. He never got a code, yet had a huge, sensitive nose. He caught the scent of lace bread while leagues away still, and ran toward it weightless as wind over dale and hill. Meet Hook, the twelfth one, his talent would display as soon as he arrived on St. Thorlax Day. He snaggled himself a morsel of meat of any sort, although his hook at times was a tiny bit short. 
First of all, what kind of Dr. Seuss shit is this? I said they were poems. Sorry. Also, um, I am Spoon Licker. Just would like to say that. And I thought that Door Sniffer was going to be a lot grosser. So did I. Like, when you said lace, I was like, oh no. Pansy Sniffer, the 14th year lad. <gasps> <laughs> I just love that, like, none of them really do very devious things, except for window peeker or whatever. Like, yeah. He could, like, see a person or a dog and be like, I want that. Well, do you want to hear? Do we want to hear about the last one? The last one? There's 13. No, I only got through 12. Oh, sorry. I'm ready. Okay. The 13th was Candlebagger. Twas cold, I believe. If he was not the last of the lot on Christmas Eve, he trailed after the little ones who, like happy sprites, ran about the farm with their fine tallow lights. And that is the 13 year old lads. Yeah, he's going around just quoting rents at them. Please light my candle. I'm a drug addict and I'm trying to get you to do drugs again. Fuck me. <laughs> Fuck Mimi. Oh my god. <laughs> she was an enabler. Roger did. I need to leave. I need to go. I need to go home. I need There's to. There's like probably like so many people just listening like, excuse me. Ma'am, I'm a child of God and I do not believe in the sin of sin. I was created in a tube. That's very recent technology. No, I was created years ago. <laughs> oh, yes? Yeah, a hundred years ago. I'm oh. actually immortal, like Keanu Reeves. Oh. Okay, do you want to <laughs> Do you wanna tell me about your lady? Oh, am I telling? I thought you were going to talk about... Um, well, no, you wanted... Your cramps. I thought you wanted to go in the middle oh. of my stories. Okay, well, I'll go in the middle of the stories. So, you know that ogress you talked about? Vaguely. Yeah. So, I'm going to talk about a very similar young lady. Ooh. Um, who was talked about in Austria and Germany. What's with it with these Slavic countries? Her name is Frau Persta. Ooh. Frau Persta. So, for those of you who don't know German... I recently learned this. So, if it was Fräulein, then she would be single. However, her name is Frau, meaning she's married. That's why Fräulein Schneider. Yeah. Yeah, from Cabaret. So, this is Frau Pesta. If you see, um, oh my gosh. If you see her husband, he's been missing for years, please contact the police. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I'm actually not kidding. Her she has a husband, but no one knows where he went. <laughs> so, this is another person that if you're naughty, you won't like her. Her name being Frau Pesta. She was... Um, I think she her killed her husband. Her popularity was helped out by Mr. Um, Jacob Grimm. Might have heard of him. Uh, yeah, one the Grimm brothers. I don't know why it took my head so long to process the last name. I'm sorry. I'm a shame on people who are fans of literature everywhere. Alrighty. So, well, the exact origin is unknown. It goes pretty far back in German Austrian folklore. Um, she was believed to be a goddess celebrated during the days between Christmas and Epiphany, um, which is a holiday. Uh, <laughs> that, I, it's not really celebrated here in the U.S. No. Um, until Christianity overturned the pagan beliefs, um, ah, thought to have created her. What? You, that's what it says. That's a bad, that's, that's a bad a sentence. Bad <laughs> These days, Frau Pershka is just another scary Christmas creature, similar to the stories of Iceland's Yule Brothers. 
Ah! Um, that is, look at the sound wave. I am so sorry for your eardrums. <laughs> I apologize. I'll whisper this next sentence. <laughs> don't um, whisper. I don't think it's not even picking you up. Just believe that Frau Perska <laughs> will do some pretty nasty things if you've been naughty this year. You may no longer believe in Santa, but you better watch out for Frau Perska if she ever comes to town. So, let me explain. Frau Perska. Frau Perska is often referred to as the belly slitter. I'm sorry. It's Christmas. I eat a lot and my belly gets big. Don't slit it. And for a good reason. According to legend, if a person doesn't complete their work due to laziness or has done many bad deeds, so if you're naughty or lazy, better watch out, um, throughout the years, she'll use the long knife she hides in her clothing to slit their belly open and steal the person's guts. What she does with all those guts isn't clear, but at least she's nice enough to replace them with straw and rock or garbage. Oh. Recycling. Is it really recycling if she puts it in the the garbage? It would, I mean, she should be composting it. It's a joke that some people say that she invented recycling. More like she invented compost. Okay, well, sorry. Um, Herska's also been known to use pieces of glass to cut, their, to cut the tongues of children who lie or set fire to a spinner's half-finished work. These extreme measures make up a lump of... Make a lump of coal seem almost as awesome as an Xbox. Oh! You could be dead. Oh, also, would you like to, um, the German parents, they dress up like Frau Perska. Of course they do, because yeah. Slavic people know no bounds. Oh, here's another beautiful picture. Holy shit, that is terrifying. Yep, welcome to Frau Perska. Um... So, a group of unbaptized children were said to follow Frau Perska and do her bidding. So, a horrible group of evil spirits called Perschen, say it after Perschka, <laughs> um, are under the control of Frau Perschka, and she leads them around as she flies across the mountains and plains of Eastern Europe, while she lets this pack of demons do whatever they want to the humans that have behaved badly. It is said that she protects the people who are good by keeping her horde away from them. Masks and costume dancers were utilized by villages in effort to keep these evil creatures away. Many members of her group are believed to be the spirits of children who were not baptized before they died. So children who, like typically people, children who aren't baptized before they die go to limbo, so instead they go to her? Yep. Okay. It's the, it's possible the claim, ha, the claim that the children were unbaptized was suggested by Christians in order to explain Perska's appearance with pigs who weren't hers. Okay. Yeah. So although her name means shining one, <laughs> Frau Perska is often depicted as a nasty hag, as seen in this another wonderful photo. Oh, yeah. I will swipe left on a Tinder. <gasps> Sorry. I'm gay. I don't know. It is believed the name Perska was adapted from the German word that means bright or shining, and in some folk tales, she is seen as a beautiful woman wearing all white. In less romantic stories, however, however Frau Perska appears as an old crone. Sometimes her nose is long and curved like some sort of bird's beak. It is suggested that she may be a shapeshifter, and she's occasionally dressed in rags. It is also possible that she's actually half man and half woman, representing all humans at once. We don't discriminate here. We he, Here in the evil Christmas spirit land, we do not discriminate. Represent, sister. Yep. Well, or brother. Or represent, you trans icon. <laughs> Non-binary icon. <laughs> Researchers believe that Perska's transformation from a goddess to a terrifying hag came about as pagan practices were overtaken by Christianity. Fucking Christians every time. Squash pagan beliefs. Every time. <laughs> Considering the duality of tales told about Perchka, in which she's either kind or murderous, and appears during the holiday season as a New Year's dawning, having an appearance that is two-sided makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
People that work on the Epiphany make her furious, but Frau Pertzka also despises lazy people. So she doesn't like it if you work. On a holiday. On a holiday. Okay, but if you're being lazy on that holiday because she doesn't like it if you work on that holiday, does she have the right to kill you? Well, let me tell you a little bit about that. So Frau Perchka is said to appear during the 12 days between Christmas and the January and January 6th, um, the holiday of Epiphany. A Christian celebration remembering the revelation of God in the newborn Jesus Christ. According to the legend, if people work on her Epiphany feast day, she will become very angry. Perchka would prefer humanity just join together for a meal and enjoy each other's company. Before she visits their home, people will leave out food, such as porridge, is an offering to her. Uh, Perchka doesn't get any offerings. Um, um, Perchka's gonna eat you. Yeah, you're being naughty, naughty boys. You're being so naughty, you're gonna be eaten. Okay, so, um, if you don't leave out anything for Perchka, or if a person was lazy in any other day of the year, she may bestow her wrath upon them. She is a special lover of spinners who have worked hard to make thread, but expects them to produce a certain amount by the end of the year. Oh, so she's also supporting the fact that the cat's going to come and eat people who don't yeah. finish their clothes. So um, those who come up short are said to anger Perchka as well. She's going to be so mad at me. I have so many unfinished knitting projects. So um, Jacob of the Brothers Grimm was very fond of the folk tales. It's thanks to him that the stories of Frau Perchka became popular. In 1835, he published a book called Dutch Mythology. Dutch Mythology? Yeah, it, I guess it's just a fancy spelling for Dutch or something. Dutch. Which examined German mythology and forced. Folklore in detail. Through his research, he discovered tales of Perska, I mean, Perska, Perska, where am I from? Um, Perska have been around since at least the 10th century and has believed that she was just as powerful as Berkshold, who led scores of ghostly huntsmen in what's called the Wild Hunt. That's another fun one. Ooh. If you want to look that up at home. I might. Um, Grimm saw Perchka as both a deity and a goddess related to other females that appear in German Wait, myths. a deity and a goddess? Yes. Those... Yeah. Do they mean a spirit and a goddess? I guess they mean a spirit. I don't know. That's just what it said in my research. I don't okay. Know. Other scholars expanded on Grimm's ideas, adding more elements of horror, and eventually the legend of Frau Perchka grew more fearsome. Yay! Yay! So she's believed to be a leader of the Wild Hunt, um, a time when spirits ride through the sky. So that's what the Wild Hunt is. Okay. And, oh, yet another terrifying picture. See, that one's less scary, but I think it's also because it's less realistic and it's obviously yeah. a mask. I don't like that one. That one makes me deeply she uncomfortable. She kind of looks like um, a female Krampus. She kind of does. So in addition to better introducing the world to Frau Perchka, Jacob Grimm calculated, I mean, circulated, calculated, my gosh, <laughs> circulated the idea of the wild hunt in which a group of supernatural beings such as ghosts, elves, which I feel like those are a little different, but you know. Well, elves and, like, the Yule Lads are elves yeah. and they're mischievous and Elf shit. on the shelf. Um, or fairies participated in the hunt which took place across the skies. The concept appears to have been created by the Grimm since it doesn't have any mention throughout history until he wrote about it. He believed that Frau Perska was the leader of um, the leader, Bertold's counterpart, and helped to guide the group in their quest. According to the Grimm, the hunt always took place in the winter months, which were already gloomy and dark, but should under no circumstances be un be witnessed by humans. It's said that if one had the unfortunate chance to see a wild hunt take place, misfortune would follow, such as natural disaster, famine, or death. So, because of this one person. Yep. Wow. But hey, um, if she doesn't 
If Frau Perishka doesn't disembow you at first, she may reward you with a silver with silver and good fortune. It's just silver? Silver coin. I I get a lot more than that. So unlike the terrifying Christmas figure Krampus, Frau Perishka isn't just to take care of people who have been naughty. It is said that people who were kind and generous during the year would find a silver coin in their shoe on the morning of Epiphany, courtesy of Frau Perschka. Back in, the, in her bodice days, she was often spotted walking with a spindle, so those who finished their spinning work before the year's end were blessed with good luck. Shepherds who minded their sheep used to make, um, used to make the wool yarn and were indirectly involved with Perschka and would leave her flax as an offering. So, yeah, flax. Mm. Um, this, is, this is believed to please her, and the shepherd would be granted good fortune for the next year. So basically, she's really, really extreme version of Santa, who has no problem leaving coal for the bad kids, but happily bestows gifts if they're good. And also, Frau Perchka takes on different forms in different countries throughout Eastern Europe. Fun and exciting. Yeah, so although she's believed to have originated in the folklore of Austria and Germany, people, um, people's beliefs and actions toward her vary in different countries. So the people of Slovenia, 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 Slovenia? I think it's, yeah, I think it's Slovenia. Slovenia. Um, view Perska as a goddess and celebrate her by making masks, which they wear in parades. Um, to them, Perska lives in lakes and mountains and makes snow in the winter. In Germany, she goes by several different names, such as, oh my gosh, um, Quaternick, Quaternick, Frau Berch, or, oh, Santa Weaver. Honestly, you're doing much better for your pronunciation than I did. Look at those names. Oh, wow. Those are, yeah. yeah. Um... That's probably all wrong. I'm so sorry. Um, people living in Austria perform ceremonies that include burning herbs or dressing in costume in order to welcome good spirits for the new year and keep away evil ones from traveling with Perska. So like a Christmas, Halloween, so nightmare be- on yeah. Christmas, I guess you mm-hmm. can say. And it's said that she might be related to La, La Bethana, which appears in Italian folklore, dating back to the 5th to 1549 and is actually thought by many to be the goddess Hecate. Oh, okay. So, um, in Italy's, like, little possible relation to Perska, La Bresna is actually considered to be a Christmas witch. Um, she is seen on her broomstick and sliding down the chimney like Santa Claus to either make (laughs) gifts or coal for children. There are several versions of her origin, but the story of the Christianized tale brings the three wise men and angels into her background. Both Perska and Bethana share the same time period of celebration, and are fans of spinning, leading some to believe that they were related. Unfortunately, while Bethna became a beloved figure in Italy, Perska evolved into a terrible monster. So, they have different, like, things that you. Um... They have different <laughs> opinions on it. You scared yourself with your own sneeze. <laughs> it's okay. That was you sneezing. And so, like, people often, like, Krampus. 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 Um, dress up like her in parades to scare their children. But that's Frau Perska. I mean, she's not all bad. But, again, if you see her husband, he's been missing for years. If you see her husband, please call this hotline. <laughs> ah, that's the hotline. Hi. Um, I I feel Did you scare yourself, baby. Did he scare himself sneezing? Oh, oh you're such a big oh. baby. So I I think I prefer um her Italian counterpart to Santa Claus. Honestly, a Christmas witch sounds much more fun than Saint Nick. Yeah, I know, right? Sounds way cooler. So our final little tale of today, and the final tale we leave you with of 2018, is Krampus. And I'm sure a lot of you guys know vaguely about Krampus. I mean, 
there was a horror movie based upon him in what 2015 I think it came out um there's currently the 13 floors which is like a huge haunted house thing in Denver is doing a Krampus themed haunted house currently right now there's like parades for him so he's kind of be- hates me <laughs> he's He's kind of become a pop culture icon in the most recent years, even though he's been, at least in America, because he's always been prevalent in Eastern um, Europe. So Krampus has horns, dark hair, um, bangs, a long tongue, and he also comes with chains, belts, um, so he's Rihanna. And he tends to lash, like, at people with them and he also has a bundle of birch sticks which he meant like he uses to swat at naughty children he then hauls bad kids down to the underworld you just went outside take you back to the shelter so Whoa! <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen, <laughs> my dogs are rescue dogs, by the way. Yeah, they were going to be shot by a farmer if we didn't adopt them. So, <laughs> oh, babies! <laughs> I love them. Bonsai is also rescue, and so Scout. Rescue your dogs. And Riley. This has been a PSA. Anyway, and cats. So, in Catholicism, Saint Nicholas, as we know, is the patron saint of children. His saint days falls in early December, which helps strengthen his association with the Yuletide season. Many European cultures not only welcome the kindly man as a figure of generosity and benevolence to the reward of the good, but they also feared his menacing menacing counterpart to punish the bad. Parts of Germany and Austria dread the beastly Krampus, while other Germanic regions have Belsnickel, Snitchbrupschit, a black-bearded... Sorry. Black bearded men who carry switches to beat children. I'm also scared of black bearded men who scared who carry what did you say? Whips to beat switches and to beat children. Yeah, I also fear that. I think yeah. that's a thing everyone should fear. Yeah. France has Hans Trapp and Pierre um, Fotard. And some of these helpers helpers such as Swart Pete in the Netherlands have attracted recent controversy. I don't know why. So it's like the Justice League of Christmas bringers. <laughs> On the top of it is uh, Krampus, and then like his second in command is Gryla, and then next to her is uh, Frau Perska. Frau Perska. Oh, I also forgot to mention. So you know how Krampus like kidnaps kids and yeah. stuff. Um, Frau Perska also sometimes will kidnap your children. She'll eat them. I, yeah, same with Bryla. It's like, it's a trend. The yeah. kidnapping of kids. It's a trend. I'm going to have to find the video of that German actor talking about Christmas. Okay. Where he's from. While I'm finding that, keep keep talking. So Krampus's <laughs> name is derived from the German word Krampen, meaning claw, and is, he is said to be the son of Hale in North Mythology. I thought you were just going to say, he's said to be the son of Hell, and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so in North Mythology... The legendary beast also shares characteristics of other scary demonic creatures in Greek mythology, including satires and fawns, which they're not necessarily demonic or scary. I think it's just because he has hooves and he's kind of furry. They're like, oh, he's like an evil satire or fawn. It's like, no, they're not evil. They're just satyr. I'm sorry. Satire is is very very different. different. (laughs) Stay in school. So the legend is part of century old um, Christmas tradition in Germany, where Christmas celebrations begin in early December. Krampus was created as as a counterpart to like a grape. Yeah, like a grape to kindly Saint Nicholas. I'm gonna eat this grape. That made it sound like you were like, would you like? I would like this grape. (laughs) It sounded almost like a like you said grape. It's not a grape. It's a grape. It's a grape. Who rewarded children with sweets? Mm-hmm. Krampus, in contrast, would swat wicked, quote unquote, wicked children, stuff them in a sack, and take them to his lair. According to folklore, Krampus purportedly shows up in towns the night of December 5th, known as Krampenschnacht or Krampus Night. 
The next day, December 6th, is Nikoslak or St. Nicholas Day, when children look outside the door to see if the shoe or boot they left out that night before contains either presents, a reward for good behavior, or a rod, bad behavior. And it's like, why give people a rod if they're bad children are already getting kidnapped? I just thought I'd show you a picture of Bethna. Oh, thank you. She's beautiful. She looks like a little grandma. Yeah, she does. So, a more modern take on the tradition in Austria, Germany, Hungary, Slovenia, and the Czech Republic involves drunken men dressed as devils who take over the streets for Kampuslauf, a campus run of short... uh, Krampus... Campus, a Krampus <laughs> run of sorts when people are chased through the streets by devils. And here's a little picture of, um, you know, the lads running oh, around. Florine Pears, guys. Wow. <laughs> so, why scare children with this demonic pagan monster? It's kind of like a way for humans to get a touch with their animalistic side, and such impulses may be about assuming a dual personality. Hey. hey! According to Antonio Carino, who spoke to National Geographic magazine about uh, revitalized pagan traditions, and the person dressed as the beast becomes mysterious, he said. At the same time, it could also just be a way to get children to behave. Mm-hmm. So, Krampus' fight- frightening presence was suppressed for many years. The Catholic Church forbade the celebrations and fascist in World War II Europe found Krampus despicable because it was considered a creation of the social democrats. But Krampus has been having resurgence over the past few years thanks partially to a bah humbug attitude in pop culture, with people searching for ways to celebrate the Yuletide season in non-traditional ways. In the United States, people are embracing the dark side of Krampus, uh, Christmas movies, with Krampus movies like special Krampus television episodes, they're throwing Krampus parties, getting lit with this de- demon, Woo! attending local Krampus knots in city like Washington and New Orleans and Washington, D.C., and running in Krampus-themed races. Um, I kind of want to do this. <laughs> so for its part, Austria is attempting to commercialize the harsh persona of Krampus by selling chocolates, figurines, collectible horns. There are already complaints about Krampus being too commercialized so i mean what can you do you know what can you do people are gonna bank on it no matter what um and i i had a story about krampus like an interaction with krampus or a little bit more in the history so Krampus and St. Nicholas were often seen as inseparable. Christmas cards dating back to the 1800s show the pair and, like, Krampus himself mm-hmm. being a regular part of Christmas just as much as Santa is today. I'm so just, like, imagining, like, they have, like, a little Christmas card that says best friends and you have, like, Santa looking all cute and jolly and then you have Krampus, like, like an awesome <laughs> goth friend. And that's like, whoa, dude. So me. No, except, like, the, like, Crazy, like, screamo. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, there was an annual parade where participants dressed in elaborate homemade costumes mm-hmm. of Krampus and run down the streets. But they also rattle chains. Um, they switch switches and they're often fueled by alcohol, so they tend to be drunk. Um, it's often to uh, customary to give these Krampuses with snaps of some kind. And though it's meant to be in good fun, there are times when the runs have gotten so rowdy as since in the legend, Krampus beats naughty children and the participants dressed as Camp- Krampus often do the same to the attendees of the parades and the runs. So imagine a grown drunken man in a, like a Krampus costume running at you with a switch. So New Year's Eve, except with people dressed like demons. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so it's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> I could, this is a really long pause. I was expecting something. I know, I know. Um, Gotta deliver. I'm trying to find this one true story of Krampus <coughs> that I had, and I'm probably going to have to cut out this a little bit of me. Okay, so... Here's, here's a little 
a few quotes from some people who had reportedly had interactions oh, with Krampus. I thought Krampus. you were going to say from Krampus, and I was like, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so, quote, I'm Austrian, quite familiar with the Krampus since I got beaten by him several times in my childhood. Um, this is said by Nina. Nina, you got to get your act together. You good, ma'am? She probably failed all her classes, that's why. So, here's another quote. My family lived in Germany when I was young. My siblings and I had opportunity to meet Krampus every Christmas. It was truly terrifying as a kid. Krampus would come into our house and we were lined up as he asked us questions about how good or bad we had been all year. Krampus had a big bag full of kids with legs and arms sticking out that would actually move around and whimper. Krampus would walk over, whack the bag with a whip, and oh man, we did not want to end up in the bag. And that was from Gavin. <laughs> Tell me, children, have you been naughty? No, not the sack of the sack, Mr. Shut Krampus. up! Not the sack of the sack. Bad children. No! <laughs> I don't know. I do not know. So that's really all I have on Krampus. There's probably a lot more about him. Here's a little drawing, a 19 greetings card, and it says, it reads, greetings from Krampus. And as you can see, he is hoisting a little boy into his sack and a little girl's watching him and she has a basket full of apples and she's like, mm, yes, please He's take like my brother. Here's another one um, of both St. Nicholas and Krampus visiting a home. So there's St. Nick back there with his big old hat, and then there's Krampus, and he's, like, about to reach for this little young man, and, like, his other siblings trying to run away, and the parents are just kind of watching. <laughs> this is chill. It happens every day. It be like that, you know? It, it, it be like that. Or so I've heard. Or so I've heard. So, yeah, um, Krampus nowadays isn't really seen as scary but he is highly celebrated and that's that's it i hope you guys have a chilling holiday season oh hey. oh i saw what you did there hey, hey. <laughs> and please 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 um send us your scary stories we didn't introduce ourselves or the show Hello, my name is Aria. I'm Alex, by the way. Welcome to the end of As, as Long As It's Spooky. Wow, we're really bad at introducing ourselves. It's been, what, 13 episodes and we still don't have it together? We'll get it together eventually. You should send us um, how we should introduce this episode, the episodes. Yeah. Also, I feel like, I know that's kind of weird because I know we don't have too many listeners yet. But like I wanna, I wanna call them something. I wanna call our listeners, like little ghouls or something. I don't know. I don't know. We can brainstorm. Boys and ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just, you know, practice some witchcraft, and then we'll get a name for whatever the Perfect. spirits choose. We can. We might even put a poll on Instagram, which you should follow us. Uh yeah, it is a l a i s dot podcast. Again, that is a l a i s dot podcast on Instagram, and underneath Twitter is a l a i s podcast. Um, we try to post often. We forget to because we're busy, but we try to, and we that try. trying is half half of the battle. G i Joe, that is not correct, but G i Joe. Anyway. Have a good holidays. Um, we will see you in the new year. We will. Um, be safe. Be warm. Wear your seatbelt. Uh, don't let Krampus or any of the other people we spoke about get to you. Don't piss off Frau Perska. Don't let the spoon liquor lick your spoons because that's nasty. Alrighty. Whoa, oh. that was weird. Sometimes we are in each other's <laughs> minds. We are soulmates. Um... <laughs> Apparently, even though you're very, very gay. <laughs> so doesn't mean that we have to be romantic. All right. That's <laughs> en that's enough of that. Uh, we have been going on for an hour now. So happy holidays. And we'll see you 
soon. Hey, Alex here. Thank you for listening to S. Lawson and E. Lafari and myself. We are under Instagram as alais.podcast and we are also on Twitter as A-L-A-I-S podcast. If you or anyone else you know has had a spooky experience, email us the story at aswashington at gmail.com. And if you're able to, please Great, subscribe, leave a review, any traction that we can get is good enough for us. Thanks.